Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. And I'm Leticia Yago, the 2022 President-elect. Hey, everyone. I'm Stephanie Hubka, a chapter past president and a member of the pod squad here at the Metro DC chapter of ATD. We also have Helena Hodges, Vice President of Financing, Finance and Operations as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing Kathy Fayok. Kathy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. Now, before we jump into the topic at hand, writing as a thought leadership strategy, can you share a little bit about your background with our listeners? Well, sure. Um, I, I had a very um, strange career background. Started as a music teacher. I was a payroll clerk. And then I stumbled into human resources and uh, was at the corporate uh, level for several years. But then um, a reorganization happened and I was out on my own. So I started my own business as a human resources consultant, trainer, coach, consultant, and author. And I realized pretty quickly that the author thing was, was not only was it cool, but it was a differentiator. It, it caused me to stand out from the rest of the folks out there doing similar things. And it allowed me to establish my thought leadership. So I was actually working as an HR consultant for many years and like 20 plus years. And then at one point I ended up working for um, a colleague and really wanted to get to my own business again. Not sure how to do that exactly. And um, I got a call from my chapter of the National Speakers Association who said, Kathy, I heard a rumor that you wrote one of your books in less than six weeks. <laughs> and I said, well, actually, I did write not just one book, but four of my five books in less than six weeks. And he goes, wow. oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Do you have a process? Well, these were magical uh, words for me, a, a great question, because I got to thinking, do I have a process? And I thought, yeah, I guess I do. I said, yeah, I do. He said, well, would you be willing to give a program for our chapter on your process? And I said, oh, I would love to do that. He said, but wait, before you say yes, we have a couple of our chapter members who are working on their books. Would you be willing to coach them using your process and then give a report back to the chapter. I said, oh, that would be very cool. I would love to do that. So, uh, in fact, one of the, the the chapter members who I coached is actually, uh, she's a, an ATD member and an ATD author. So, it, but that's, that came later in the story, but she uh, and others said, gosh, you know, have you ever thought about being a book coach? And I said, no. Um, is there such a thing? <laughs> is there a need? And yes. uh, they said, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely uh, a, a thing and there's definitely a need. But uh, 
I didn't really think too much about it until I gave my program for the chapter. And when I gave my program for the chapter, my friends came up to me and said, have you ever thought about being a book coach? <laughs> so that's uh, that's what launched my whole business that I've been doing for the past eight plus years as a book coach. So it's a, it's quite the journey. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And 10 books now, uh, to your credit? 11 now. 11 now. Wow. My goodness. <laughs> yes. I know. So I have a new, a new book that just came out the, the first of the year. And it's titled My New Book. It's a workbook for <laughs> individuals it. who wanted to fill it out because it's like their new book. And they fill it out and complete the exercises. And then um, if they do it right, they've got a book at the end book. of the uh at the end of reading the workbook. I love it. And hopefully idea. less than six weeks. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Now, before we get into uh, thought leadership and writing as thought leadership, can you share a little bit about, well, first of all, why should TD professionals be concerned about developing the skill of business writing? And what are some of the main concepts they need to be aware of? Well, if you're going to write, it's, it's probably one of the best ways to establish your thought leadership, to uh, get credibility, get visibility. Uh, besides that, just prag on a pragmatic level, there's lots of reasons that you need to write. You have to write a report. You have to write a position paper. You need to put your talking points together for to take to your leader. Um, there are a number of reasons that writing is a skill that you should have and that writing books or articles or blogs uh, or th thought papers of some sort are wonderful strategies for advancing your thought leadership. Yeah, thank you for sharing this. This is so helpful. And as you mentioned, writing is one of the most powerful strategies for establishing thought leadership, for increasing visibility and credibility and also for growing your business. Yet we know that many professionals don't believe they have the time or the expertise to write. Where could they start? <laughs> well, first of all, I think time is interesting. Um, let me take that one first because it's a little different than the expertise piece. But okay. um, I've always said to my clients, a book will always be so important, it will never be urgent. So if you are serious yes. about writing, you have to create some artificial urgency around the whole writing process. So I suggest putting it on your calendar. There's no better way than to uh, have fixed time that you devote toward a project than to put it on your calendar. I say, if you are wanting to write a book, do not put it on your to-do list. That's the worst <laughs> place to, to put it because we always work our to-do list by what is urgent, but not important. So uh, put your book or your writing on your calendar. If you don't think you have the expertise to write, I would dare say that if you're in a position of any authority, chances are you have 
you have gained some expertise, some insights, some understanding that differentiate you from other people. Sometimes, though, we're so close to our own expertise that we can't identify it very well. So this is where you think about questions like, when I'm called on by my organization to help out with something, what, what do they call on me to do? For what reasons am I the go-to person in my field, in my uh, company, in my, uh, in my consulting practice, whatever it might be? So think about the things that others call on you to do or where you just have such a love uh, of that, that subject matter that you could just spend lots and lots of time there. That's another uh, indication of, of what might be an area of expertise for you. I think what you're sharing is also very good advice as far as imposter syndrome, which I think can be a huge barrier for people if they are considering any kind of thought leadership. And that could be through speaking or, you know, even being on a podcast, but certainly through the writing process. Yes. There are just so many great books and articles out there. I'd imagine that factors in. It's huge. In fact, I really thought when I was a book coach, I would be working more with people on process uh, and and sorting through that aspect of writing a book. Number one issue, though, that I deal with as a book coach is imposter syndrome. And uh, it's just, it's so sad. These are brilliant people that I'm working with. And um, many of them are doing TEDx talks or who have established thought leadership, but yet they are wondering, "Ah, I don't know, is it really me? Is there somebody else that should be doing this? Who am I to write this book? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe somebody else should write it. And, And honestly, it's an issue that I dealt with myself when I first began writing. I did not believe that I should be writing a book. I thought a colleague of mine should be writing the book. My first book was on the aging workforce, and he knew so much more about the subject than I did. But you know what? Uh, I wrote that book in 1990, right? It was published Mm -hmm. in 1990. My friend, my colleague has yet to write the book. Oh my goodness. <laughs> on oh my aging gosh. workforce. So, you know, <laughs> you can wait for others to write the book, but the truth of the matter is you may be the one to write the book. And so I challenge folks that are listening out there to step up and write the book. If you have something to say, if you have a point of view, if you know something that others don't, if you have insights that others are missing, that's when you need to step up and write the book. (laughs) That is wonderful feedback. And I'd actually love to ask what I think could be a slightly related question to that. So you've overcome imposter syndrome. You are ready to write the book. Writing is art. So when you write, you put that out there for public consumption. Some people are going to love what you have to say. Some people won't. How do you prepare yourself for criticism? Well, first, let me just go back to something you just said. You said you'll get over imposter syndrome. You may. Let me suggest suggest to you that you... If you conquer it once, Mm. that's great, but you will not conquer it for life ever. Oh, yeah. 
In fact, one of my colleagues that we do a lot of work together, she's written 59 books and she deals with the negative voice, the imposter syndrome with every single book she writes. That's actually good to hear. I know. So I know. So (laughs) just because you are, just because you've dealt with it once doesn't mean you're going to deal with it again. I absolutely love your insights into imposter syndrome. And I think you are absolutely spot on. And so I'm curious what you think about how we might be able to prepare ourselves for any criticism that might come our way. Well, yeah, because chances are if you when you put yourself out there, somebody's going to say that's not right or that's not my experience or whatever. And I think we just have to be grownups about it and say not everyone has to agree with us. Um, But if you are sharing your truth, your experience, your insights, that is what is important. And knowing that other people may not share those or may disagree with those, that's just, that's the way life is. But, Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to be noticed, if you want to be taken seriously, if you want people to find you, then you got to put yourself out there. And so you take that risk. Now, along those lines, uh, some people are like, whoa, book, that's like zero to 60 for me. What are some stepping stones that they can take to get that <laughs> that thought leadership out there? Absolutely. So start with um, writing something for LinkedIn. It's super easy. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be long. It could be 300 words, 600 words, definitely under a thousand words. But you could start with something simple, easy, post it on the social media platform that you're already using. And that's a great first step. Um, from there, you might go to writing a regular blog. And again, don't get too crazy. Don't do something that you're going to burn yourself out on. So do something once a month, write something. And I keep a, a little log of all the things when I get an idea or I have a, a something that comes into my mind or a question that one of my authors has, I'll write it down and then write about it later. So writing incrementally, a little bit at a time, and then growing your writing practice so that it becomes more comfortable. But let me also say that here I am a book coach, an author of 11 books. You would think that I would like to write, (laughs) and I really don't. (laughs) It's, It's hard work. It is hard work. Now, I've gotten much better at it, and over time, I have become much more effective and it's not as painful as it used to be, but it's still hard work. So I want to, um, for, for folks out there who are thinking, oh, well, that's easy for her to say. She's an author. She loves to write. Mm, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they can work uh, together. Like I did, uh, I pulled together a whole bunch of blogs and just expanded upon them and made them into a book. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they can like yes. baby step So, it. in fact, one of my books is blog to book. So how do hey. you take a lot of blog posts <laughs> over time and create a book? Or I'm uh, working with some folks right now. Uh, they're going from podcast to oh. book. So that may be something mm. that you would want to consider. <laughs> oh, gosh, mm. I love that idea. 
And hmm. you, you get me thinking, too, about the relationship between reading and writing. So there are a lot of people out there who may be thinking writing is not necessarily my favorite thing to do, but they may be great readers. They may be great consumers of information that way. What is the relationship between reading and writing? Can you become a stronger writer if you do a lot of reading? Is it a good place to generate your own ideas? I think it is. Um, but I, I'm going to also say that as you begin to write, it's time to not read or research quite so much, uh, mm. which may seem a little counterintuitive. But sometimes I think that imposter syndrome or that negative voice in our heads starts rearing its ugly head when we start reading other things and, and you start to think, oh, well, this person said it so beautifully. Uh, I don't think I can, I can match that or what do I have yeah. to offer to this conversation? I mean, sometimes reading can really get into your head in a bad way uh, in terms of discouraging you to, to voice your own thought leadership. But um, that's why I say, you know, it's great to do research. It's great to read voraciously. In fact, I, I do all of those things. But when it gets time to sit down and write, that's when the, you put those research papers away, you put away um, <laughs> the books that you're reading, and now you just settle in and say, well, what do I have to say about that? What, what is my truth? What have I learned? And what can I share for the conversation going forward? Well, that makes sense. I almost see like sheltering yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. For our listeners who they have everything that it takes, and a lot of people look up to them, and see what they do as something that's excellent. Uh, can you provide any words of encouragement to just let them know, just take the jump? Sort of Nike said it best, I think. Just do it. <laughs> just get going. Um, what's what's holding you back? Maybe your own fears, your own concerns, but just you, you got to at some point make the leap. And so I would suggest just do it. Yeah, I think that is fantastic advice. And as we start moving into what I think may be one of our favorite segments, Rapid Fire, I wanted to ask too, for anyone out there who's wondering, how do I get started thinking a little bit about what that next step is going to be? Are there any resources that you would recommend besides just putting fingers to keyboard or pen to paper? Are there any resources <laughs> that we should consider or start using as we're trying to get that book out of us? Well, I hate to be so self-serving, but but oh, I have written do. some books. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I have written some good books time to tell us. about how to write books, <laughs> and uh, and I've really taken a lot of care and thought into what. What do authors really need to know and to do to move into writing their own thought leadership? So um, I, I, I've written several books on writing books. One is On Your Mark from First Word to First Draft in Six Weeks, which is kind of the basics of thinking about, so you have this idea and how do you get going? And then just recently, I, I wrote a companion workbook to that. It's called My New Book. It's um, available now on Amazon, but 
basically it's a workbook that takes you through some writing exercises and prompts that guide you to developing your book. So it starts with the strategic elements of writing, everything from um, what is the purpose for my book? Why am I doing this? What are the goals that I have for the book? To what is my thesis statement? What is the book about? Uh, Who is my targeted reader? And then what's the structural um, outline? What's the, what is the framework for putting this book together? So it's a, it's a really great resource guide. And uh, in fact, my publisher asked me when I was getting ready to publish it. He said, are you sure you want to publish this? This is all of your best exercises. And I said, yeah, but that's why I want to put it out there. There'll still be people who, if they if they want to need help, they'll come to me and they'll hire me. But I'm really hoping that this book will serve a lot of people who are interested in getting started. It's amazing. That is fantastic. What a great resource. Absolutely. So, Kathy, we have reached the end of our episode. And so we like to ask our guests rapid fire style questions. And okay. each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Are you ready? I think I am. Good. So this first one might be interesting for you. Give us one book that everyone must read and why. Well, if you could only read one book, I would say it's Stephen King's On Writing. It's a wonderful Uh resource for anyone who's thinking about writing. And if you're a Stephen King fan like I am, it's very compelling. I mean, it's, it's, it's about writing, but he writes it in a very compelling way. And he tells his own secrets about writing. So On Writing by Stephen King. Nice. What is one tool you can't live without? I have to say Google. It's so basic, but I love, <laughs> love, love Google. And Google alerts specifically for anyone who is developing and honing their thought leadership. I think Google alerts are wonderful. You just basically tell Google what you're looking for. I'm looking for uh, articles on taking a blog and making it into a book, or I'm interested in whatever topic you insert your own, and you'll get uh, ongoing updates from the world of Google about your topic. So (laughs) Google alerts and Google generally, though, I love Google. Very nice. Okay, last one. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I think the best piece of advice is to think big. Don't make small plans. I mean, go, go for the gusto. If you're, if you're thinking that "Mm, maybe, maybe it would be cool to write a book, maybe it would be cool to establish your thought leadership. Just do it. Think big and uh, go for the gusto. I love it. Go big or go home. (laughs) Yes. Oh, thank you so much for joining (laughs) us today, Kathy. This is great. Thank you for having me. And thank you to my co-hosts as well. Yeah, this has been a fantastic conversation. As someone who's wanted to write a book for a long time, I really appreciate you very systematically taking away all of my excuses throughout the course of the conversation. So I look forward to putting all these words of wisdom to use. Yeah, this was amazing. Thank you so much, Kathy. And of course, we want to thank our listeners. But before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. 
Are you interested in partnering with our chapter? For more information, visit dcatd.org forward slash partnerships dash sponsorships. Want to network with other chapter members? Join the Metro DC chapter of ATD members on LinkedIn today.